All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the show. Terry Lynn here, Travis Marziani, and today we're going to talk about workplace productivity hacks. So uh, kind of just what we do uh, during our daily work environment, you know, how we optimize for productivity, creativity, and things like that. So Travis, what's going on? Uh, a lot of really good things. The YouTube, it, my YouTube channel is going really strong. It's effective e-commerce, and I'm doing a new video, a new e-commerce news video every Monday, tips and tricks on Tuesdays, and Q&A on Wednesdays. I've been releasing videos consistently, and I have videos scheduled for the next uh, few weeks so I'm really, really pumped about that yeah see so you have like almost 10 videos out already it's pretty impressive actually you've been doing one every day or one every two days or it's Monday Tuesday Wednesday I release new videos and then yeah every week Monday Tuesday Wednesday in the future I might add more days but I feel like I don't want to add too much right at the beginning gotcha so when you're releasing these are you recording three at a time and then scheduling them all at once so it's more efficient or what's your workflow like well no, so I mean, Monday uh, is e-commerce news, Tuesdays the tips and tricks videos, and Wednesdays is Q&A. So what I tend to do is I'll batch like five Q&A episodes and batch five tips and tricks episodes. The problem with the, the news episodes is it needs to be somewhat topical. So I'm pretty much doing a new one every week. I might have to find a better way around that in the future. But yeah, I mean, the benefit is it's like new stuff constantly. Yeah, so you got like an inventory of a couple of tips and tricks episodes to drip out and then you do the news ones every week pretty much gotcha all right cool. yeah and the, the tips and tricks i've probably got about 60 at least that i'm i have planned to drip out so at, at one a week that's going to be a year q a every time someone asks me a question so if anyone listening has questions send me an email or comment on the channel uh, i i've been constantly adding new q a's it's been really fun yeah so the first live session is going to be march 10th uh, via youtube uh, 6 p.m. PST, we'll send you guys the link uh, in the show notes of this episode too. I feel like that needs more of a buildup. So it, we're, we're doing a live episode, me and Terry, where basically we're going to record live, we're going to do the podcast live, and we're going to take uh, questions from you guys from it. And like he said, in the show notes, there's a link to it, March 10th, 6 o'clock PST time, come with your questions, ask us everything. Yeah, already. So I guess for me, uh, so I visited the supplier. We had a meeting. I uh, gave him some samples and then told him what I want. And it was a little too expensive to kind of move forward. So I realized at the current price point I have of 39, it's going to be fairly capital intensive uh, based on kind of moving everything to the U.S. And just to like get it scaled up bigger. So kind of TBD on uh, the next steps for this too. So kind of a big question mark. And this is mark. For, for which project? Uh, for the wallets. Okay. Yeah. So this the, the, this is for regular. I think for our other thing that we kind of talked about privately, I still gotta ask for that separate kind of leather to see how that works out too. So. Gotcha. Yep. So that's about it. All right. So let's get into this episode then. Workplace productivity hat. So number one, uh, separate computers for work and play. So why is this one? Yeah, I've actually I've heard this from a lot of people, and the, the problem is uh, it can be a little bit cost prohibitive for a lot of people. So what I found. I did is I have one computer that's like a desktop computer and we'll talk about it in, in later in these tips but basically I have three screens going on that's my one computer that's for work when I'm on that computer it's only work there's no you know BS I've blocked Facebook um, I have it unblocked right now because I was doing some Facebook ads but I've, I've got to change that back I've, I've basically that's my work computer so I know when I'm sitting down at that computer there's nothing but work happening and then I have a laptop as well where it's my fun computer. I So I know that either I'm in work mode when I'm on this computer or play mode when I'm on the other computer and it works really well because your brain knows, oh, it's work time or oh, it's play time. And I've even stopped myself. Like if I have to go answer uh, like something on Facebook, I'll 
step away from the, my one computer and go actually physically over to my other computer to do it. Gotcha. Yeah, I started doing this too. We had a friend that closed down his office here just because he uh, was moving back to the U.S. And then I picked up a, a Mac Mini for 200 bucks, basically. So, And then you just tagged on two screens, and then you kind of have a separate workstation. So uh, if you're looking for like an Apple solution, Mac Mini is probably the way to go because it's just like a little box, and then you just plug a monitor into it, and then it's kind of like a mobile uh, desktop that you can use. Now, you can't bring it around like a laptop, but if you just need something stationary uh, you know, at home or something like that, it's probably the best you know, solution cost-wise, because the iMac started at like I think fifteen hundred, two thousand bucks. Yeah, I, I so my Play computer is actually a MacBook Air, and it's great for travel as well. Obviously, my big three-screen desktop, I'm not going to be traveling with anytime soon. Yeah, exactly, and so uh, that's probably the biggest one. And so, uh, actually, I didn't tell him I started working at a co-working space. We share office with two friends, and so that's where the Mac Mini is parked. Uh, but we're going to talk about more about co-working spaces uh, later in this episode too. All right, so number two, uh, use multiple screens. Yeah, I, I don't know if you're using multiple screens right now, Terry, but I mean, one of the best things I ever did was add a second monitor. Currently, I'm at three monitors. I think that's probably good. I might want to add a fourth at a certain point point, but I wonder if too many monitors is actually bad because your attention's too split. But the thing I like about three monitors is I have one monitor right in front of me. That's my main monitor and then two to the side. So if I'm doing something that requires three windows, I can do it. Uh, as opposed to if I use the two monitors, I have two that are to the side of me and I don't have one that's in front of me. I didn't find that as effective. I think, I think a lot of it depends on what you do. So like back uh, at a bank, our traders used to have probably six or seven monitors. Uh, just because there's so much stuff to watch, but I feel like for internet stuff, like three, I mean, you probably have what, AdWords open in one, like you're parking stuff in one monitor and you actually, you're probably only using two is my guess. Well, so what I usually do is I have on my right hand side, I'll have, uh, it's kind of random stuff. I have Pandora. I also have a, a text pad where I put all my to-do stuff. Then I have my main screen and then my desktop's on the left. And I use my desktop. Anytime I download something, it goes to my desktop. So basically my desktop's kind of like everything that I'm currently using. And it's kind of nice to have that empty so I can be like, oh, I need that image. Where is it? Oh, it's on my desktop, obviously. Uh, it makes things a lot cleaner. Yeah, the hard part is when you have two monitors and you go back to one, like you feel like you don't have enough space. And then when you like copy paste stuff, you got to switch between windows rather than looking, you know, panning sideways with two monitors. So... Uh, but most laptops, if you use a laptop, it does have an out. Uh, maybe if it's a MacBook, it's either a Thunderbolt uh, or the newer ones have HDMI. And pretty much it's the common cable now for monitors. So HDMI or DisplayPort uh, is the, I mean, some of them still have VGA, but you know, you got to look around for it. It's probably one of the best investments you can have if you only have a laptop too. You can get a new screen for like, you know, 150 bucks, 250 max for like a decent 21 to 24 inch screen too. Yeah, so with your three screens, are you using a PC for that or how are you tying those three together? Yeah, so it's a PC and I have, um, basically I have two outputs. I have the HDMI and like a VGA, but then I also bought this thing off Amazon that's a USB adapter and it has a built-in graphics card. So that way, because if you just use a, a USB to VGA adapter, it's not powerful enough and it'll slow down your computer. But this specific one, it was like 35 bucks off Amazon and it makes it so... I can use my USB without any kind of lag or without slowing down my computer and have three monitors. It's really nice. Yeah, and you can't, I mean, you could do, I don't know if laptops can do that because it's going to be really draining on the video card, but I think... Uh, well, most, that's the whole point though, is yeah. it has like a built-in video card. It might be a little bit draining, but uh, if you look at the reviews, everyone seems to be pretty happy with it. 
Yeah, I think so. the newer MacBooks have two display outs, so you could use your laptop screen and two screens, but I think it's at least, you know, 2014, 2013 models that can do it. Like the old ones uh, can't really do that too. All right, so multiple screens. That's uh, kind of enough for that. Number three, uh, productivity time systems. What's the deal with this one? I'm a big fan of this. I, I notice the days that I get a lot done, it's when I use my productivity system. And a lot of people talk about the Pomodoro technique. I'll let you talk about that in a second. But the one I use is 50 minutes on, 10 minutes off, 50 minutes on, and then like I'll, I'll have lunch or something. So it's 50, 10, 50, 20, 30 minute break. And I actually use, and I highly recommend doing this, uh, kitchen timers. You can get them for like 250 off Amazon. And I set one is my work time. It's at 50 minutes all the time. I'm looking at it right now. And all I have to do is hit start and it goes and then eventually it beeps. And this serves two purposes. One, I've noticed before if I'm working and I start to get a little bit bored, if I look at the timer and there's still 10 minutes left, I'm like, all right, I got to keep working, no taking breaks. So it actually trains me to keep working through the boring part. And two, sometimes I find myself kind of overthinking a problem or kind of like, you know, just stuck in this like loop of trying to figure something out and my timer will go off and I'm like, all right, well, it's time for a break. I deserve it. You know, and I'll walk out. I'll take a little break. And by the time I come back, I'm like, duh, the answer was right in front of me the whole time. So it, it serves dual purposes. Yeah. So I think the Pomodoro is actually what you're doing already. It's just working for like X amount of minutes and then taking a break and then just doing that for like a whole day, basically. What I've heard from the Pomodoro is it's like, it's a different time scale. It's like 25 minutes on, five minutes off, you know, yeah, whatever but, weird thing. But it's thing. the same concept of like work, break, work, break, not like work six hours and then sit around for like five hours and then go to sleep, something like that. The, the other thing I'll add too is that's really helped me out is timing my breaks, uh, specifically like the 10 minute break. And there's some, and it sounds kind of weird, but there's something about knowing you have 10 minutes, it's okay, just completely relax because you're going to get beeped. I find if I don't time it, I'm constantly like checking like, well, how long's my break been? Is it so it's not ever like fully restorative. So it's nice to have both of those timers. Yeah, so what are your working hours like generally in a typical day? Is it like in the morning, afternoon, or do you split it between the whole day or I'm for sure a morning person. I I wake up and we'll talk about this later as well, but I have my whole like morning success ritual, which I'll, I'll talk about later why I call it that. I have that. That takes about two hours. And then I work for 50 minutes, take a 10 minute break. I pretty much do the same 10 minute break every day. I go outside, go for a little walk, work for another 50 minutes. I take another break and probably have uh, some kind of food, lunch, maybe some tea, work for 50 minutes, take a 10 minute break, work for 50 minutes again. And then at that point, depending on how I'm feeling, either I do two more work sessions or I go to the gym and come back and work. And it, it really depends. Yeah, I'm kind of similar to like, I usually start around eight. I'll work till like three, kind of on and off, have lunch in between. But then I need the afternoon, a few hours to kind of, you know, do some other stuff. And then I'll work at night again after dinner uh, or something. I just feel like I'd rather split it up like that than to work like, you know, 12 hours straight. Because, you know, I think usually by that time, your brain's fried by the last 10 hours and they're not as productive rather than taking a break and coming back to it later in the day too. Yeah, I guess one thing kind of on a different tangent is like music too. It's like, uh, I guess everyone has different tastes, but I feel like uh, if you find something that doesn't have a lot of lyrics, it's not as distracting. Because if you're listening to like, say, Metallica or, you know, whatever rock music where someone's singing, like, since you speak English, like, your brain almost subconsciously listens to that and it's kind of distracting. I disagree. So, uh, funny enough, yeah, I, I saw you type, uh, you're talking about this in the in our doc, but basically... I don't feel that way. I actually recently found a, a Pandora station I really like. 
and it's uh, a tribe called Quest. I don't know if you're familiar with them. Yeah. But so what are the yeah, lyrics? So, are they like actual English lyrics or just like random? It it is English lyrics, but it flows so nicely that like it's just music to me. And there is times where I do agree with you. Like lyrics do get in the way, but I think especially I feel, if you know the song, too. Like, if it's like you know songs you sing along to, then it's like totally uh, kind of distracting sometimes. But but I I still I've found uh, and it depends on the mood I'm in. Uh, like I have certain periods where I do find it distracting, but generally speaking, for me, it kind of like keeps me going and like I'm singing and it just kind of gives me something to do. But it's not distracting my brain because it's it's music. It's a uh, it's not like I'm analyzing the lyrics. I'm just like ah uh, like feeling the beat. Yeah, there's some guys that use those binaural beats, like kind of like their brainwave optimized beats. But I I try to I just can't get into that. It's just really weird. Yeah. All right. So number four, social media blockers. Uh, this is obvious. Social media wastes a lot of time, especially Facebook. Like you're trying to do Facebook ads, and then you know a message pops up, and you're like, oh crap! Like I gotta, you know, ignore this, or like you see that, or you stare at that red notification icon on the top, and you know your brain wants to click it, but you know you gotta block it. So, a couple tools. Uh, I guess one is rescue time. Rescue time. So this breaks down kind of how you're using different. Uh, applications on your computer. So every week they'll send you a report like, hey, you were on Google Chrome for, you know, 10% of the time, Facebook, social media for like 30%, and then like, you know, YouTube or like video players for like another thing too. So it'll send you a report of like where you're breaking out and you can kind of figure out like, all right, I'm wasting too much time here. I should block this there and kind of gives you a way to start doing that. Yeah, I, I love all these apps. I mean, I've talked a lot about Newsfeed Eradicator. I actually have it turned off right now because I'm, I'm trying to run. So I, w- I was running some Facebook ads. I need to return it on. And if you're running Facebook ads, it, it helps to have it turned off so you can actually see what the ads look like. And then I just caught myself the other day going through the Newsfeed and I'm like, why am, I, why am I doing this? Oh, yeah, I forgot to turn back on my Newsfeed Eradicator. Yeah, especially now it's like there's that one article, like some millennial was at Yelp and she got fired for saying... She didn't make enough, and then all all this stupid viral stuff, like like the election stuff, like like I just don't care about that stuff. Like, why do I need to see that? Yeah, so, I don't really need to see my friends' uh, radical political opinions. It doesn't make me feel any but better about them. Yeah, like I'm so indifferent to that now that it's like you know, like I care about you know, like when I wipe my butt with toilet paper more than what you know Donald Trump or someone's saying these days too. So. <laughs> yeah, so another software uh, before we get off to the topic, uh, antisocial. So I've talked about this a couple times. Uh, this software actually hard blocks your internet connection for a certain amount of time. So you can say, hey, uh, between 9 a.m. to 9 p.m., you know, block Facebook, and you absolutely can't access it unless you reset your computer. So like, for if you're not doing like social media ads, it's a pretty good hard block. And then you'll see yourself like if you do it. Uh, you'll try to like visit these pages and then it takes you like probably like an hour for your brain to realize that all right it's blocked so stop trying to check uh, this page because it's funny when you do it and then you're like oh it's blocked and then you're like all right i should focus on my work again too already so morning success ritual number five so what's yours yeah, so I, I've spent a lot of time thinking about this uh, and trying. I find that a lot of the really successful people that I'm trying to emulate have some kind of ritual. So the first thing is, for a long time, I just called it my, you know, my morning ritual or whatever. But I heard someone talking about how calling it your morning success ritual actually will make you want to do it more. So I'll talk about mine first, uh, and then it'll tie it back around. But basically, I wake up every morning. I go outside. I have some tea. I try to get in the sun right away, just because it kind of wakes me up. So I have some tea and I write, I do some journaling. I write things that I'm thankful for. 
I write uh, basically like my goals. You know, I'll go. I can go into depth about that, but that's not that important. Then I do some meditation and or yoga, depending on how I'm feeling. Basically, the meditation to kind of relax the mind, and then the yoga to kind of move the body around. A lot of people exercise is a very common one that successful people do in the morning. I have a good breakfast after that. I then, you know, I take my shower and then I read a book. And this is something I added recently is I'll, I'll read for 10 to 15 minutes. And the point of this is just to keep my, the edge of my sh- sword sharp, basically continue to l- learn. And like, even if it's 10 to 15 minutes, it's like, I'm constantly getting a little bit better. I'm l- becoming a little bit smarter, learning things and staying sharp in my industry. Yeah. One thing I realized is that this thing to the Tim Ferriss podcast, like all these people do TM, like transcendental meditation, like Arnold talked about it. Like, I, and then I looked at it, I guess it's really cultish. It's like, cause I guess regular med- meditation, you try to like clear your mind but this one is like you focus on one thing only I, i'm not i don't know all the details but just kind of what i glazed at uh, seems like like tony robbins like arnold all these people are into like tm so yeah i i really want to take a, a tm it's supposed to be pretty expensive um but that's like one of the things i'm going to do this year is learn how to do tm because regular meditation is a little bit hard for me because it's hard for me to think about nothing. I'd rather focus on something repetitive. So the idea is you repeat a mantra to yourself. And I, I think you get to come up with your own mantra. I'm not sure. But basically you repeat like some nonsense phrase over and over again and try to stop your mind from wandering. So it's like an active meditation versus a passive meditation. Yeah. All right, cool. Uh, so number six, uh, this is a basic one. Turn off all cell phones and notifications. Uh, so I actually turn off uh, almost 90% of my notifications. Like I actually go into uh, the device and go to settings. I'm like, no, 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 no. Like the only notification I want is maybe like, you know, one or two apps. That's it. Like even Facebook Messenger, I turn that off because it's just so annoying when like people add you to groups and then, you know, it starts getting rowdy. People start posting stupid stuff. You get all these notifications. It's just a waste of time. Same. I turn off all those. I mean, it's funny. I just got a new phone and you realize how many notifications normal people like that don't do this get because you get, get a new phone and it's all automatically set to you know allow notifications. And it's like, oh my God, like why does this app need to give me a notification about something so dumb? Yeah. It's really like news apps. Like, oh, look, we posted this article about, you know, whatever. And then you're just like, this is a waste of time. Like I don't have any news apps on my phone because it's just you know, I don't read, I don't read the news anymore. So yeah, another thing I do, and I do this before I go to bed, uh, and I do this also when I'm working, and I think you do it as well. Is I put my phone on airplane mode. So I there's certain periods of time where it's like I don't care what's happening. I don't want to get a phone call. I don't want to get a text. Like even if the world's ending, it's like don't text me. I just I, I want to focus on my work here. Yeah, it's like you know how sometimes you wake up in the middle of the night and then you look at your phone to check your messages. Like I stopped doing that because I turn on airplane mode because I don't want to be like oh I just start you know playing around on all this stuff at like two in the morning because I can't sleep or I just went to the bathroom and then because if you have all these notifications coming in then you're like you're in the middle of the night you guys kind of have something to do in some ways too unless you'd be like all right no I'm not going to touch it so you might as well just block it yeah no I heard on a podcast that that's actually really common is like I forget what the number he said but you know people on average check their phone twice a night or something like that check their email whatever and I don't ever do that and I can't imagine like I, I just if, if I was doing that, I don't feel like I'd ever get rest because it's like you're constantly, you need that dopamine hit of checking your next email and, and whatever it is. Yeah. Although one thing that's cool is that uh, when you get payment notifications, you know, those are the probably one of the few I let go through just because, you know, 
It's always a good notification to get. I think that's even, oh, I think that's, to be honest, I think that's just as bad, if not worse. It's like, it's like playing the lottery constantly. Like I hate, uh, I hate getting those kind of notifications. I, I try to stop myself from checking my website as much as possible because it's just like, it's really like pl- playing the lottery. It's like, oh, I'm going to be happy if I get one. I'm going to be sad if I don't. But I mean, I guess you have a different opinion. All right. So number seven, uh, messy versus clean debt. So you got something interesting to talk about this uh, versus productivity and creativity. Yeah, there's actually been a, a good amount of studies done on this. And for productivity, you want a really clean desk. You want you know nothing out of place, everything, which makes sense. But the studies have actually said that if you want creativity, it's okay to let things get messy. And you can kind of imagine this. I mean, you think of like the the scientist, the mad scientist, it's kind of his, his whole space is really messy. I mean, he knows where everything is, but you look and it's like, whoa, there's so much stuff. And the idea is it kind of helps spark the brain and helps spark different neural connections within the brain. So that's, that's my take. Maybe that's why like every artist type of person you see, they're like their desks and everything is super messy and like their life's kind of like messy in some ways, I guess. Or Yeah. I, I, I'm not sure of the logic behind it, but I will say that I find for myself I've, I've been trying to make my bed and clean, keep my room clean. So like every morning, that's actually another part I didn't talk about in my morning success ritual is I put everything away. Um, so, you know, I, any clothes I have on the floor, I put those away. So when I look in my room, it's like, it's clean and I'm, I'm happy. There's no kind of like nagging. Oh, I should, I should really clean my room. It's just like everything's nice and orderly. All right. So number eight, uh, co-working spaces. So you work from home, right? But you live with a bunch of guys that are doing YouTube too now or what's the deal? Yeah. So I'm living, I'm working at home and I, a lot of the other, it's cool because a lot of the people here, they also work here. And so I can go out sometimes to get some food and talk and have a good conversation with someone. Same thing like at night. I'm just the other night, we have a jacuzzi. I think we've done twice this week. We went out in the backyard had a nice relaxing jacuzzi and it's just kind of like, all right, and had some fun conversations. So it's almost like a co-working space here. Yeah, so uh, for me, uh, I started working at a co-working space uh, in January. So uh, there was one that opened here in Saigon called Dreamplex. It's really nice. It's like three floors, very modern type of thing. So uh, one of our friends kind of rented an office and then we chip in like, you know, 150 bucks a month. I uh, used to get a, have a desk and I have my monitor and my Mac mini parked there. So it's nice where like I go there to work and then I leave my laptop at home and, uh, you know, I can have both machines kind of separate as a purpose too. Yeah, I think that's, I see, I see the pro. So, I mean, to me, well, it's different because you're in Vietnam, but like in the U.S., I don't know if it's worth the price. It's, it's relatively expensive. Yeah, they're much more expensive. So the average membership here is like a hundred bucks for like the hot seats where like you can, everyone can get a desk, but you want an office that starts at like 200 bucks a person-ish. So I guess, I guess the U.S. is actually like 400 now in most places, right? Like three to 500 is like the going rate. And then there's all these weird add-ons, like if you want a phone, if you want mail and all this stuff too. And it's not really like the best value for some people since, you know, you're paying 500 bucks for a desk. It doesn't really make any sense. You might as well get a bigger apartment and then make that. Yeah, no, I mean, that's the other part. I kind of like waking up and being able just to walk over and start working. And I understand from a productivity standpoint, maybe it's good to have that separate. I mean, in an ideal world, I'd have, a, I'd have two rooms, one that is for work and one is, that is for play. But I mean, it's not always possible. But I don't, I, I don't want to put a barrier between me and work. If it, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Well, one thing that's good about covering spaces is that they do events every month or so. Every, like, you know, there's always a couple of events every month. And so you know, if you're kind of working from home by yourself, no friends that are entrepreneurs, it's not a bad solution to kind of put yourself out there and meet some other startups or people 
freelancers in the same space. That might be what I end up doing. I might end up, uh, when I do eventually move to Santa Monica, like I've been talking about for a while, I might do like a co-working space one day a week. And maybe that's the day where I just do writing or I just do one task that I can, that are, that I don't need my command center with my three monitors and everything set up, you know? Yeah. So cons, we talked about a little about this, I guess monthly fees are kind of annoying. Um, one thing is also they're not always open 24 seven. They usually have hours that are open. So, you know, if you want to work at night from like, you know, 10 PM to 2 AM, um, you know, chances are unless you have kind of access card or the rules of the coworking space, you probably are out of luck too. Which is nice because then if you're at home, you just start working until as late as you want. Also, yeah, which is all it's double edged sword right there, right? Yeah, exactly. Because then you know, if you're working and sleeping in the same place, you know, it kind of blurs the line of your life. You're just floating around this room for the whole eternity of like a month, and then you can get cabin fever sometimes too. I think. Yeah, I guess one thing also about coworking spaces, uh, it can get really crowded. So the one I go to, when it first opened, there was probably like five people in the public area. And now there's like easily like 50. So like, you know, if you have someone, you know, five people around you in every angle, typing away, you know, drinking their coffee on Skype or whatever, it gets kind of distracting. The chairs, the chairs is the big thing to me. I've been to some coworking spaces. I need a comfortable chair. Like that's my number one thing. And if it's like, I've been to ones where the chairs are just uncomfortable. It's like, I'm not going to sit here for eight hours and work. That's awful. Yeah. Some of our friends bring like an extra desk for like a standing desk. It's like an elevation tool. So you can just do like the standing thing because they don't want to sit for like eight hours a day. And it's totally understandable too. Alrighty, so those are our eight tips uh, for workplace productivity. Uh, one, separate your computers from work and play if you can. Two, use multiple screens. Three, figure out a productive time system. Four, block your social media. Five, have a ritual in the morning. Six, turn off your cell phone and all notifications. Seven, uh, think about messy versus clean and productivity versus creativity. And eight, uh, think about a coworking space. You know, if that's something near you and kind of within your budget, that's. Uh, makes sense if you're living by yourself and you don't have much uh, entrepreneur friends too so that's it i will see you guys next time uh, i think on our live q a on march 10 to 6 p.m pst uh, we'll send you the youtube link in this and on the email so thanks a lot for joining us and we'll catch you next time thanks guys